the dream three podcast back in your life once again for another episode episode 19 we got a couple special guests with us today we'll get to that here in a bit but first off you got to thank the sponsors you got to thank the people that support us starting out with slab savers protectyourslab.com use code dream three to get 10 percent off your order go to graded card solutions graded gradedship.com if you use code dream 15 you get 15 percent off your order and if you shipped 45 cards today like i did you got to use that code so you can get all those products and finally if you need to sell your raw cards or your graded cards go to prospect cards that's www.prospect.cards.com if you use the referral code dream3 when you register you get zero percent seller's fee for the first two months so take advantage of those guys and finally if you like golf attire if you like the golden era of golf check out nation golf company nationgolfco.com great guys out of san clemente california they had a great black friday deal going on right now so if you like that stuff go ahead and check them out but neil we'll jump right into it uh your rams they look terrible today it's okay the colts look not as good either so i i didn't realize it we're seven and four on the year it's about kind of what I, th- I thought we'd be a little better than that, but mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in the playoff hunt. That's I mean, all that's, that's all Probably that matters. Division, we're going to make the playoffs. So just gear up for that. Hopefully that's all that matters. I, be- I believe is jumping into that playoff hunt. I mean, we're the Colts are chasing everybody. The Colts are chasing uh, the Titans who we really need to lose about a thousand games and started today, but you know, big time, Big time players need to step up. Colts Isn't are not. A, aren't the Patriots the one seed right now? The Patriots are the one seed. They are six and zero oh at the <laughs> moment. Mac Mac Jones for president. Mac Jones uh, <laughs> on the way to the top. Um, but let's jump right into our guests today. You know, we, yep. we we started at the beginning of the year, and and we we mentioned this on the podcast before. So we had we we took fantasy football in a different light if you want to kind of explain to everybody how we did our fantasy football sports card related this year yep um kind of kind of jump back into that and let them know what we've done yeah so we did a uh mentioned this earlier earlier in the year we started right at the beginning of the season doing like a fantasy football draft but instead of drafting players on fantasy we drafted cards and we drafted a player's PSA 10 base, whatever rookie card or what, whatnot. Um, so there's four of us, um, our two guests, um, Alex and, and Justin Squinson, Robbie sports cards, um, Robbie's cards. Um, so we're, we're playing that game. And what we did was he drafted a quarterback, a running back. And then the last one was kind of your flex play. And it was kind of just based upon, you know, what is the the maximum profit margin you can make in a year um, or make over the course of the season? So we'll kind of dive into kind of what, what it looks like right now, who's who picked who and, and what that looks like and what our, what our numbers look like right now. So. Basically we're going to allow Robbie's cards to uh, defend his picks. Cause we've all been pretty critical of his picks lately. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to go ahead. We're going to bring sure. squints and we're going to bring Robbie's cards in into the show right now. So guys, welcome to the podcast. Squints, welcome back. Alex, welcome on. Hey, first oh. off, let's let's do this. Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you kind of collect and how you got into the card space, and then we'll dive into our little game. Just because right. you're a first-time guest, 
Yeah, we'll thanks for having spotlight. me. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so my name is Alex uh, at Robbie's Cards on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, and by nature, I'm a, I'm a therapist, a mental health counselor. Um, and I have my own private practice, but Cards was kind of a, a side gig, I guess. And it really got started in 2020 when quarantine, when I went home and found some some old cards of of mine that I collected when I was a kid. And that included uh, a LeBron Topps rookie <laughs> and a 1999 Charizard Hollow. Um, so that kind of got me started. Um, and I honestly started with like 500 bucks in my PayPal on those cards. And I've kind of built it into, you know, what I have today, um, which is a, a fairly decent collection, I would say. Um, you know, personal collections, Tiger Woods, as as these guys know. Um, uh, national, first time I went since like ooh, 2014 uh, this past year. Um, but mostly I collect basketball, a little bit of football and, and Tiger Woods. Um, it's kind of my my interests, and, and and yeah, that's where where I'm at. You got a pretty sweet one one tiger, and then you have a what 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 grade is it? Is it a nine rookie tiger rookie auto? Yeah, so so I have the 2013 Master Collection one uh, one um, and a nine five, which is incredible because that card is like an inch thick. I swear, um, but yeah, then I have the SP Authentic, you know, the true true tiger rookie auto which which was a, a card i've wanted for a long long time so those are grail cards for sure maybe i'll have to yeah. buy one eventually <laughs> i can if i can sell some of my stupid stuff so well it's hard it's hard right now yeah so. the holidays are a killer right now people are buying way too many gifts they need to spend more money on cards to be honest. <laughs> cards yeah. are an investment gifts are just trash i mean to a point for sure. <laughs> so, but if somebody bought me a, you know, a tiger for a gift, I wouldn't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ticket to, yeah. If you're listening, Sarah, um, if you can find tickets to the masters, that that's a good idea. Just, just saying. So, yeah. Speaking of that, my, my fiance had bought me Michigan, Ohio state tickets for my birthday. That's right. That was, you did send us that picture. That was pretty sweet. That was a pretty good gift. Yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure Michigan had decided to set the town on fire after uh, after that one. I know Harbaugh is probably sweating it out all the way, all the way to the I, end. I was sweating it all the way to the end. <laughs> it was when are we gonna, you know, fall off? So no, yeah, I yeah as a as a I'll, I'll put it this way as an Ohio State hater. I loved seeing Michigan win finally because I cannot stand the delusional Ohio State Buckeye fans here in this state. And I just love to laugh at them and what they think is a good team every single year. And then they just get railed in the playoffs. It's nice to see some good blood, new blood in there. Yeah, certainly as a Michigan fan, it's it's uncharted territory since, you know, what, early 2000s being this good. So what so, was the last time that Michigan won was what Denard Robinson was the quarterback of the team? Yeah, 2011, 10 years ago. So, you know, in, in that rivalry, obviously, you know, for any sports rivalry, somehow, some way you end up picking a side. 
you know, I have no investment of either team, but I, I tend to lean on the Michigan side more than the Ohio state. Um, even though I'm from Indiana, I hate Notre Dame and I hate IU for some reason I pulled towards Purdue, but I'm also a Miami hurricanes fan. So there's that, but it's nice to see, like Neil said, new blood. It's not a rivalry of, you know, somebody wins 10 straight times. That's an ass exactly. kicking. In the words of the great Pat Tillman, that's a nice swift ass kicking. Yeah. So finally that, you know, Michigan gets off the hump, you know, Harbaugh finally gets some credibility to his name as, as a coach of being able to beat the rivals, even though him and Michigan state kind of go back and forth, but finally get one against Ohio state. That's great for recruiting. Now what makes it interesting to me and another reason why I wish Alabama would have lost if Auburn could have closed the door, how interesting this is going to make the college football playoffs. Now, it's going to expand the conversation of should the should the playoff system be more than four teams? Absolutely. Now, who's going to get screwed? Is it going to be Cincinnati? Is it going to be Notre Dame? Who's going to be, Neil, I'll start with you. Who do you think are going to be the four teams in there? You're going to have Michigan. You're going to have Georgia. Who else? It'll be Georgia. Georgia will beat Alabama. And then Georgia will make play number one. Michigan will win their conference game hopefully they'll be number two Cincinnati will be three and then they'll probably Oklahoma State will probably jump to four because they're in the big 12 championship right yeah Yeah. and they play Mm -hmm. Baylor I believe so yes yeah they'll win that game that's so there's there's your four that's my guess because they don't want they don't want they're not going to want like a they're not probably going to want the best game like to be one verse four, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, for sure. So we'll see what happens. That's my guess right now. Just kind of way the cards might fall. Alabama doesn't look very strong, so I think Georgia Georgia beats them. Fine. And what is it? Isn't uh, is it like any coach who's coached for Nick Saban hasn't beat him? Yeah. Is that well? Kirby Smart finally gets the one. No, I, I, it was it was Jimbo who who got the one this year. Oh, he did. It yeah, was the, I think that, I think that was the first one. Oh well, all the dominoes are falling then. Kirby Smart's the next one. I mean, they don't look good. Bama does not look like a, a no. Bama team. No, Auburn should have won that game too. That's the sad part. Yeah, yeah. But well, let's get back into our fantasy game. So we all drafted a quarterback. A running back, and then some kind of flex player. Caleb, you have the numbers in front of you and the players. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, let's just let's just go around and and kind of why don't you give off who each person drafted to start? Okay, just to start off of the draft wise, I went with obvious choice: Tom Brady, uh, Bowman Chrome PSA ten. Yep. Then I went with Aaron Jones Prism PSA ten. And these are all rookie cards. And Devontae Adams, the Topps Chrome PSA 10. Uh, Squints went with Sam Darnold, Prism, PSA 10. Uh, then we have Dalvin Cook, who got carted off today, Prism, PSA 10. And then uh, out of the blue, choke slamming people like The Undertaker today, Aaron Donald, Topps Chrome, PSA 10. Hey, he gets away with it too. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Um, then we have 
the Doughboy, Doughboy Sports Cards. Neil went with Jalen Hurts, PSA 10. And then Nick Chubb, Prism. And then Calvin Ridley, Prism, PSA 10. Yeah, it doesn't even play right now. Yeah, and then finally we go out with Robbie's Cards. Tua, Prism. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Prism. And Odell Beckham Jr., Prism. Let's start this off. Alex, what were you thinking? <laughs> Uh, I was thinking guys who, ha- you know, have a, a media following, right? Pretty big media following. And I and I was betting on the potential, right? They're low, and I was just going straight, straight potential. Like if, if Tua would have started off the season with kind of how Jalen Hurts started off the season, right, with three touchdowns, you know, that would have skyrocketed, you know, Dolphins to the playoffs because they have an okay roster, mm-hmm. um, or else so we thought. Uh, and then Odell, I mean, all it takes, all I thought it would take would be, you know, one, one handed catch and, you know, his would, it could double cause it was what 70 bucks at the start. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't think it was that crazy. And then I thought Saquon was going to come back and, and be okay, but you know, he's still hurt. And yeah, he's trying to be superhero Superman over in New York cause he's playing with a dirty Brown trash water as his teammates. Yeah. So it was certainly a uh, high risk high reward and it did not pan out for anyone <laughs> so yeah hey it happens hey i will say this though if odell can put together obviously nothing's working out today for the rams but if any did he did catch a what was it 50 60 yard touchdown pass if mm-hmm. he can get some things stringing together towards the end of the season you know put up a decent 100 yard game 200 100 yard game two touchdowns something like that i think you still could see a pretty good spike with odell especially being in la better roster you know more 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 city you know more more attention to him i, I think you definitely could see odell you know it, odell on the browns is like okay you can take a flyer but when he got traded to the rams i think that gave your cards kind of a, a, a potential boost a better potential boost for sure I mean, everything you got to do with Odell gives you almost a prudential boost. But here's the problem: to me, he's like he's like a Chad Johnson, a Terrell Owens. He's more of a distraction than a good player. I mean, congrats! You're going to get one 50 yard bomb out of the next 50 passes to him because now he's going to command a double coverage on the backside at least. You're going to have to have somebody playing over the top and, and a corner playing with him. So what are you going to do? Leave Cooper Cup wide open? I mean, you're going to have to play man-to-man on the backside then. And then you have Van Jefferson, who's taken over for the Robert Woods position. And you're going to have to force Odell Beckham Jr. the ball, or his dad's going to make 11-minute YouTube videos <laughs> and start creating more. <laughs> Just like I, the Browns, man. I think Justin and Alex can both agree that Stafford is an upgrade from what Jared Goff is. 100%. It. <laughs> yeah. I think watching uh, Jared Goff play for your Lion teams, Lions oh, team, y- you know how I feel now about Jared Goff. Yeah, Justin, take it away. Yeah. It's just like there's so many times, you know, in the beginning of the year, Neil, I remember messaging you and I'm like, you know, I can, I can you know, he doesn't look completely lost. And as the season's gone on, it's, it's ridiculous. There's so many times where he just has to throw the ball away and doesn't. Or, you know, I mean, the Lions – Run blocking has actually been pretty good this year, uh, but the, the pass protection has been suspect. And Jared Goff, it looks like he thinks he's like a mobile quarterback at times, 
And that's what drives me the most crazy is he's not throwing the ball away. He's trying to, you know, bounce around in the pocket like crazy. And it's like every time it's a sack, it's a fumble. It's just the turnovers are just, yeah. The lines are unwatchable it's, at this point. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when I went into every game with Jared Goff, I was like, well, he's going to, he's probably going to force two turn. He's probably going to have two turnovers himself. So let's just hope we win the turnover battle and maybe win the game. We're yeah. fighting 10 points down essentially. Ever since that tie against the Steelers and Mason Rudolph, that the, the Lions were trying to lose that game. I'm convinced. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you on that. So, with you guys being Lions fans, what is, what's your thoughts on Motor City Dan Campbell as your as your head coach? Like, I can't get a good feel for him. Like, he seems like a player type coach. Now, I remember watching him on Hard Knocks when he was with the Dolphins as a tight end coach, and kind of seeing him come up throughout the league. He's one of those guys now. Like, right when he get hired, what do you do as a as a head coach? You make some crazy statement, you know, biting kneecaps off and stuff like that. But you know, some players react to that. Some players, you know, back your guy like that. But you know. Having been what oh oh nine and or yeah oh nine and one or whatever the record is is like is he the right fit for the job or should you have never got rid of Jim Caldwell in the first place? You want to take this one, Alex? Uh, well, I may have a different position, so we may both have to get into this. But yeah, um, uh, so I'm a huge Caldwell stan and fan. So you know, I was heartbroken when they when they got rid of him because I grew up, you know, my first few years, I remember Barry Sanders. Um, but then obviously the abrupt retirement and then, you know, for almost a, you know, a decade, basically they were, were nothing. And then, you know, in decade plus, and then Caldwell comes along and, and we make the playoffs a few times where, you know, 500 or better. And, uh, it was nice. And then, you know, people wanted more, which I mean, I get, um, and then the hiring of Matt Patricia was just disastrous. Um, but I think I think people are pretty fed up with with Dan Campbell at this point too, um, just based on the fact that he can't manage a football game like like people maybe thought he would or could. Um, you know, he's made some blunders, especially the back to back timeouts in a, in a crucial point um on thanksgiving so for everyone in the country to see so that was that was nice um and and take over the play calling uh, and he doesn't have really any play calling history i don't know I, I it's interesting but you know he was not certainly built for success this year i mean that roster is is probably the worst one i've ever seen um and, and back to jared goff i don't think he's the answer but he's certainly not been set up to succeed either i mean can you guys name, you know, a receiver that he has? Um, you know, Josh Reynolds is their best guy, and, and he was on the Rams, you know, a few years ago, and he just was picked up off the street. I mean, like, it's 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 a, it's rough in Detroit right now, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, kind of to build off that, I, I completely agree with Jim Caldwell. Uh, I thought he was an awesome coach. Um, kind of fast-forwarding through the history as he took us down kind of today to Dan Campo. I, I don't think he's a smart coach. I really don't, but I do think the team's playing hard. Kind of like you said, I know the, the talent is horrible. I mean, up and down this roster for the most part, aside from, you know, Swift and Hawkinson, some games, 
but but looking like some of the play calls are just wild to me. You know, third and long, uh, you know, running the ball up the middle uh, against, you know, the last few games they've played. They've done that consistently. They don't trust off the throw. You know, in an overtime game, you know, to throw 25 times, you know, and, and to need to lead a drive in your round, you know, midfield and running the ball third and long. Uh, Goff's terrible, but you don't win the game by, you know, picking up a third and 12 on the ground. So I like the culture that was created, but you see a lot of success like Sean McVay and some of these other guys with kind of that mastermind to them. Um, and I think Campbell came in with kind of that grit and that badass nature, which is great. But whether it's an offensive coordinator or something, I think we need some more brains mm-hmm. in general in Detroit. I personally think it's going to start with the ownership down. Everybody knows that Sheila Ford is not, you know, she's too involved as an owner. And I could tell that from the Matt Patricia time there because it was weekly meetings with the owner. Um, Think about that as almost like a Jerry Jones, um, not letting your personnel do what they're supposed to do. Not saying that, you know, they're right. You're the owner. It's your money, this and that. But you have to trust the people that you put in in position to do that job. Now, uh, I also do think that, you know, the Calvin Johnson curse is real. Like, pay the man the million dollars that you owe him, and I bet that things change. But still, you know, you have to have great people in great positions, whether it be the coaching staff or whether you do something through the draft. I do agree that Jared Goff is not the quarterback, but he is he's like Carson Wentz. He'll get you to where you need to go for a certain period of time, but you should be looking for the future. Um, but they have players like DeAndre Swift. I agree that they need wide receiver help. Offensive line's not terrible if and they built through that through the draft. Um, play a little bit of defense and 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 get some you know, maybe a superstar or two, and you might be able to change things around. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say, just from an outside perspective, the the Lions are are a team that that played really hard. I think you hit the the nail on the head with that. They like they they have played the toughest as an Owen whatever team. If they end up going Owen sixteen and one, they will be probably the toughest. You know, oh, 16 and one team ever because they'd be the only one. But but the, for a team that that that's that bad, they've definitely played pretty tough football, and they've been in every single game. You know, coming what was it week one? They came back from like 28 points down and mm-hmm. had a chance to win against the 49ers, and you almost beat the Ravens. And on a last second, you know, broken play, you give up that, and then a 66 yard doinker to to break the NFL records kind of like <laughs> you, you, you very well could have like been on the, the other side of things. And I think it's a combination of a little bit of bad luck, but I, I will say 100% Dan Campbell's got at least you guys playing hard football, trying to win games. And yes, I agree. The talent on your guys's roster is minimal, but you're working with what you got. Right. It's just what you got is nothing. Harsh reality. We gave you yeah. everything we had. That's, I, I know, no and right now no he kidding. he looks like Jared Goff. I mean, you know, you can take him out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of him, right? 
you are a hundred percent right. We just have to limit how much Detroit comes out. Well, who did I see that? Who did I see that was playing today? First, Amir Abdullah was playing today, but obviously not for Detroit. I had no idea he was still in the NFL. Yes. Was it was it Amir Abdullah that that got launched through the air and got knocked unconscious, or was that? Uh, I, that I was think you're best. Right. Or no, Javid Best ended his career. God, he, he was supposed to be so good. And he was good. Right. Amir Adula was pretty good. I think he was just kind of one of those gadget players like Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. And those gadget and players are problem. tough to put in and scheme yeah, with. It was the fumbles, Neil. It, it was the that, fumbles yeah. that really got to Detroit. I mean, the his first base. year. Yeah, he had five fumbles and 143 rushes his first year. It just felt like every game he was getting, you know, 15 touches, he'd fumble the ball. Well, tell him to go to the Tiki Tiki Barber School of holding the football and high <laughs> and tight and hold that thing with two right? hands and run to the end zone with two hands on the ball. Like, if that's what you got to do, do it. <laughs> Not the LaShawn McCoy style, having it way out. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I am thoroughly impressed at how he has managed to not fumble the football, holding it I like Michael Vick. I know. Well, I mean, Darius, okay. hey, Darius Hayward Bay couldn't catch, but somehow he had a career that spanned from 2009 to 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Rashad Perryman, too. Well, that's because he's with the Raiders, and the Raiders just want people who smoke a lot of weed and go way too fast <laughs> in a car or outside of a car. That happens. Jeez. But look at Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager now leads, oh. what is it, 21 drops? <laughs> 21 drops this, this year? Like, you're in the NFL, yeah. man. Like, and a pretty big one today, one too. And I was thinking about that today, you know, watching the Colts and Michael Pittman Jr. dropping three balls. And that was his biggest thing coming out of college, like the drops, the easy drops. And he drops three perfectly spot-on balls. It's like, what do you do at the facility all day? Catch balls out of the jugs machine, catch balls from Carson Wentz. Do it in the game. You're getting paid to do it in the game. Just do it in the game, please. Hey, when please. the pressure's on, some people their their PP shrivels a little bit. You know, <laughs> should be a first round pick, pick with PP shriveling. Hey, sometimes you just gotta lay it out on the table, let them all see it. Yeah, well, that's what you should do. <laughs> well, apparently he's not blessed. No, he's not. But let's get back to our uh, fantasy stats and kind of see where where. The progression is so far in our in our money to kind of base where we're heading. Yeah, I did a I did percentages. So you have the notes in front of you, right, Caleb? I have the percentages. Uh, you did not do the percentages on mine, but whatever. I didn't. No, nope. it's out nope. to the right. Yeah, I don't have it. You don't have anything. I have percentages on. Well, you did one for Devonte, but. Uh, but you have it for everybody else except for me. That's cool. Whatever. I don't like you either. Oh, that's because you only had one percentage. Ah, okay. Because the rest of them were zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, even the Brady? The Brady style? No, the, Bra- the Brady was the only one that was up. Devontae oh, Adams okay. and Aaron Jones have been negatives. Yeah. So yeah, I just right. listed those as zeros. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So the Brady, you know, the Brady started the season at 20,000. We're up to 24.5, which is 7.1% increase. 
that's 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 your average increase to 7.1 for the and, brady it's a 21.3 percent increase and just like Air, just like neil said the aaron jones and the Devonte adams are both down uh yep. aaron jones from 218 to 200 and then Devonte's uh one and they could be they could be lower than that that's just the peak number that they've hit mm -hmm. outside of when we started mm -hmm. so they've, so, they've gone downhill Okay, so now we're going to move over to Squints. We're going to go Sam Darnold, the 120, to peak 182.12, which is a 51.8% increase. Did you expect that? Uh, no, not really. That was week, that was week three. He had a 51% jump. That was right when they were three and now going to play the Cowboys. Yeah, like I know a lot of his like more rare stuff jump, but I didn't realize his base prism went up fifty percent. That's crazy. Yeah, you know what's you know what's funnier? You know how much a a PSA ten Sam Darnold just went did the last time it sold twenty three dollars. Yeah, twenty two dollars. Twenty two dollars. That's twenty two dollars. So uh oh. Damn. That's okay. Uh, I I have. Where is it? I have that optic red and yellow that I can't get rid of now. You just need to put it on eBay. For I like did. I did. Cent bid. I put it at a ninety-nine cent bid, and nobody. I had no bids, and I had no watchers. I'll buy. <laughs> just send me the link. I'll buy it for a dollar. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we got Dalvin Cook, Prism PSA ten. So uh, we started at one seventy. It peaked at two hundred, which is seventeen point six percent increase. Now Dalvin Cook did get carted off the field today with a. Seemed to be leg injury. Not good. Nope. Not good. Um, and then Neil's boy, Aaron Donald, Topps Chrome PSA 10, went from 204 to 214, which is a 4.8% increase. So Squints has a 24.7% total increase in his cards. Not That's bad. Pretty healthy profit margin. Not yeah, bad at all. Would you take 24% on all the stuff that you own right now, 24%? profit yep 100 i just Especially i'd be happy market. with the 10 percent loss at this point yeah <laughs> well because i can get you a lot in this market oh yeah so, like, I was, you know like even if you take a loss right now right cash is at such a scarcity in the hobby it's almost like just take a loss if you can get into lebron or somebody that's way down mm -hmm. yeah if you can get into curry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep all right, so we moved to uh, we moved to Doughboys cards. We got Jalen Hurts uh, started at one ninety four fifty. It peaked at three fifty, which is a seventy nine point nine percent increase. Was it after week one? Uh, I think it was. It was like right. It was like right then. It was that first week. He threw at like four touchdowns and like three hundred and eighty total yards. And they didn't they smack like the Falcons or something. Mm hmm. They smack, or no, it was the Titans, wasn't it? They smacked the Titans by like 30. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your second card was Nick Chubb, the Prism PSA 10. Uh, started the season at 160 and moved up to peak at $175, which is a 9.4% increase. And then finally, this one kind of blows my mind is Calvin Ridley uh, started at $125.50 preseason and peaked at 140 which is 11.6 percent increase yeah i was really surprised by that one to be honest and i think it was just like i mean calvin really's done nothing absolutely year. yeah 
So someone must have saw that, I, like right at the beginning of the season. Like he must have had like a touchdown or something. They're like, "Oh, Calvin Ridley's the only guy. Maybe I should go buy one." So, know. so your total your total percentage is your plus thirty three point six percent, which is not bad. It's wonderful. I'd take that too. Yeah. And then quick question from Dujanay, which I'm sure you guys saw. Will Will uh, Cook getting carted off hurt his value? We'll find out when we see the MRI. Yeah, severity is going to be key. Yep. If he's out, if he's out the rest of the year, it's going to plummet. And then, everything is right now. Yeah. Yep. Then finally, Robbie's card. So Tua, we started the year. Okay, we started the year at uh, $232.50, and then it peaked at $234.19, which is a 0.7% increase. Let's go. We're going up. Hey, we're positive. Positive is always good. Saquon Barkley, um, the Prism PSA 10, started the year at 151.17 and peaked at 175. Yeah, or yeah, 157. Sorry, 157. So 151 to 157. That's a 3.9 percent increase. And Odell Beckham, the Prism PSA 10, uh, started the season at 76 and moved up to 86, which is a 13.1 percent increase. Total being plus 5.9 percent. So I can if- honestly see Odell being the one to take the biggest jump over the next. Seven weeks. I mean, if he makes a big catch in a big game, you know, or, or has a big game in, you know, round one of the playoffs or something, yeah. you know, yeah. and he, that's why, you know, that's why my rational is he's going to be all over the media, right? Yep. People, people are, you know, drawn to him. And, and that was the thing. And, you know, that's kind of my high risk, high reward. I think two, his numbers are better if he doesn't get hurt at the beginning of the season. Jacoby steps in a hundred percent. Agreed. I mean, he he's shown that he can play football, and he's a dynamic player. Yeah, didn't you say at the beginning of the year you're like, "Oh, two is trash." Jacoby Brissett's going to start. I no, I said I said two is injury prone, and and Jacoby would start by week three. What when, week, when, what when they played week, the Colts? Oh yeah, what like, we what it was like week four by yeah. the time. But what did I buy? What did I buy? <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. Uh, well, I jumped on the bandwagon too. So I couldn't. Well, yeah, I, I, I jumped either. on the Dak bandwagon at the yeah. National, and then I sold it for fifty dollars more than I got it to to the man down in the bottom right. Well, anybody want to jump on the Sam Darnold train, or is everybody <laughs> jumping off that? Like, I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> I, I, I got my fifty percent. I'm out. <laughs> I will give you your one. I will give you one Dominican peso for, for <laughs> Sam Darnold. Like, here's Neil. Here's my only Dak card. So I guess you can say I'm kind of on the Dak train. I, 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 until a few, until they went down their roller coaster of losing games, he looked pretty good. He did. You know, he did. I mean, he's a good player. He's a good that, player. I think, I mean, I don't think McCarthy's a great coach, but I think the team, the team itself is really good. 28 penalties on Thanksgiving Day doesn't help make me no. want to, it doesn't help them beat the Raiders, which nope. they should have 100%. Yeah, I understand. So let's let's do this. So we've we've gone through what twelve weeks of the season at this point. Yep. Who's your MVP? 
I, I can honestly say I don't even know who's the MVP at this point. I'll tell you who my MVP is. Jonathan freaking Taylor. Not after today. Still got a touchdown. Okay. Eight consecutive games with 100 yards rushing. He was three yards away from being nine consecutive games with 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, which would be an NFL record. Well, but it was He's a second-year player. Okay. His career's only going to last a few more years anyway. Did you see, speaking of, and I'm just thinking about this because obviously I was at the game today. Did you see uh, Vita Vea's tooth get knocked out on TV? No, I didn't get to see that. I was dealing with a 10-month-old who thought he was Aaron Donald. So his helmet gets pushed up. His chin strap is on about where his lips are, and Quentin Nelson ducks his head, hits him square, and Mm -hmm. then teeth come flying out on <laughs> national TV. That's and he awesome. just has and sprays That's great. water in it and goes back in there. It's just like That's gross. That's a hockey <sighs> move. I love so it. Bad. That's a nice hockey move. So, all right. Um, MVP, Neil, give me a guess. Somebody. Well, here's the thing. Do we, Let's do this. Who do we think the MVP is now? And then who do we think it will be at the end of the year? Okay. So I guess if if you had to give the MVP award out now, I would probably say Kyler. He's shown that he, I mean, he's undefeated this year. He is. He hasn't lost a game. Yeah. That's not a bad. That's not a bad. They got the best record in football. He's the most deserving. Yeah, he's been playing pretty lights out. Well, when he's healthy, uh, he's been in a three game. He's been in out for three games, but they went two and one, and they're still the best record in football. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about Aaron Rodgers? That's kind of the name that jumps out to me, especially after today. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't play. I mean, he played decent. Yeah, I'll give you that. He played decent today. They ran the ball well. I think that's what helped them more than anything. And they have a good defense this year too. Yeah, yeah, they have a really good defense. Yeah, I've told I've told Jared this. I've said I've said the Aaron Donald or not Aaron Donald. Aaron Rodgers has no excuse now. If if he can't win with that defense, then don't ever talk to me again about this Aaron Donald or Aaron Rodgers is the goat because yeah. he's not. He's trash. He looks like white <laughs> trash. He's homeless. He does. He's bad. Yeah, for me, I, I, you know, I think I'm with, with Caleb on this. Is I think I would say Jonathan Taylor right now. He's the only name that jumps out of me of like someone who's super impressed me this year. Really, I mean, I think it's such just a and, and in most years it's a it's a quarterback. So by the end of the year, I'm sure it'll be a quarterback unless you know Jonathan Taylor puts up some some really dumb numbers. Um, but you know, Kyler and Rogers have both missed games and i think you know in the end that may may hurt them but uh, it's not going to be a strong year for for mvp at this point i don't think yeah there's there's no front runner i'm not really sure how it's all going to pan out in the end either my only argument against jonathan taylor was the only running back you've heard about this was derrick henry until his injury yeah, right. So true. not not that Derrick, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been amazing, but Derrick Henry through eight games was the MVP in my opinion. Yes. 
So yeah. then to suddenly shift to a different running back four weeks later is kind of tough for me. Uh, that's a good point, Justin. Derrick Henry was the reason why the Titans were the best team in football. And I hate I hate to throw his name out there, but would you also consider Tom Brady being the MVP right now? Always. He's the GOAT. I mean, he's he's got a 67.1% completion rating. He's thrown for 3,100 yards. You know, he's throwing for three 317 a game. He's got 29 touchdowns and eight picks. I mean, you, it, it's hard to deny that. Did you also see his hurdle last week? I did. Still athletic at 42. That's right. Probably more athletic than I'll be at 42. But even – I think before the – before the Colts game, I probably would have put Josh Allen in possible MVP. Um, he was playing that way, and then it just seemed like something fell off. I mean, he's got a 66% completion rating. He's thrown for 3,000 yards. He's got 25 TDs, 10 picks. I mean, he's he's number two to Brady. But when you think who's going to be the MVP, who's going to lead their team deep into the playoffs? You got to think Tom Brady. They got a terrible division they got to play in. I mean, they're basically the tops of the NFC. Yep. Because you could you could have said at the beginning of the season we all kind of thought Seattle. You know, the car we weren't we didn't really believe in the Cardinals that much. No, now we, I, I, I am going to be honest. I still don't believe in the Cardinals. I don't believe in them in the playoffs. That's a no. whole different ballgame. Exactly. Because not very many of those guys, you know, have seen a playoff game. Now you got J.J. Watt, who, shocker, is out for the season. Um, but, you know, we need DeAndre Hopkins to step up. We need when he needs to be healthy. Um, but I'm going to probably say Tom Brady as much as I don't want to say it. I'm going to say at the end of the year, it's going to come down to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. As bad as Patrick has played, he starts to play well again. They get to the two seed or whatever, the one seed in the AFC. People start getting on the Patrick Mahomes train again. So so invest in your Patrick Mahomes cards now. Yeah, I have zero. You can't be too upset about that right now. Yeah. It's a good time to buy, though. It is. It is. He's he's one of those guys where if he puts together two or three games where he's throwing 300 yards and four touchdowns and lights it up, he's his stuff's going to jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People love him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. the only thing, though. I think that's kind of the weakness of his cards to Neil is he's such a fan favorite that he's held to the standard where if he has two bad you know, weeks in a row, or if he loses a playoff game, people are going to jump off the train or, you know, they have this expectation or that it's like a safe, it's a safe yet current investment. That's only going to go up. Yeah. Where I think, you know, we see it as like, you know, over the course of their career, Tom Brady's, you know, he had won the Super Bowl every year. It feels like it, but <laughs> You know, there's going to be seasons that are going to feel a little off. And I think we felt that to start the year, and the market kind of responded that way. And it's really unfair, to be honest. But. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I, I think the volatility in 
in Patrick Mahomes' cards can be a good thing, but it but agreed it can also be a bad thing where he doesn't play well and it's they people fall off the bandwagon. I I think it's a product of today's market and that people are very very quick, probably a little too quick to react on anything. I mean, I mean if like Mahomes' cards go off the deep end when he's you know one or he's one game out of first place in the division and if he goes on a win streak they end up getting the number one seed like and people are like oh let's let's drop his his prices by 50 percent and then those same people will buy back those prices and watch it go up back up to you know 10 percent over what it was it'll be eleven thousand dollars by playoff time if they make the one seed so that's a good that's a good point where we can kind of jump into a different topic. So the volati- volatility of that, do you believe that is pushed by by newer people in the card market just trying to make profit, or is it by premium collectors and investors? Well, hold on, hold on, Alex. Who's your MVP? Mm. Uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um. I don't think Rodgers wins back-to-back, and uh, I, I do think it's going to be it's going to be Brady. And you can I, there's some stuff going on. You can mute me if you have to. But you know, I, I think it could be Brady, um, you know, or Josh Allen if he gets his stuff together. I think that's fair. Safe mm-hmm. bets. Okay. Yeah. Volatility. Volatility. Who? What do you? What do you guys think? Squints. Justin, Alex, what do you guys think? Why is the reason why stuff just gets shipped off in the blink of an eye? Are you saying like people's prices going down or like yeah, crashing? go up, go down? On so so daily. violently, not just like you know, not a, a dip over time, but like people see a bad game and automatically hit the mm-hmm. sell button, and you see a crash before it comes back up for another good game. Is that? the product of people just looking for the quick flip profit or is it, you know, or is it collectors trying to just, you know, maybe move up to a different card? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think it kind of depends like on a high end standpoint. I think there is a lot of like investment and kind of hedge fund mentality, you know, even with the whole card market kind of going down, we still see a lot of the grails that are selling for record prices. And I think that's kind of like the investor side. I think the, the lower end base stuff, um, that's definitely kind of the flipper mentality, right? Like people bought Sam Darnold prisms, not to hold them for 10 years, but to flip them hopefully during the season. Um, so I think it kind of depends like the higher level you get. Those are like grail investment type things. The lower end stuff is much more of like a, a liquid stock, so to speak. I would agree with that. I think I think the people who've been in the hobby pre like me and you, Caleb, and I will say Justin, you're probably a part of this too. Before the boom, before the boom, like we were there before the boom we're not as seasoned as the true collectors who have been here a little longer than us, but I will say that there is a lot more influencers and investors who will buy and sell like on a, like almost day trading. And I think that their influence on the hobby pushes the volatility of the market. Mm. And 
I will also say new blood to the market is also about the quick flip too. So, so yes, both sides of the coin, but I almost think it's not exactly collectors as much as it's the, the, the influencers or the people who've been along in the hobby who are trying to. The sneakerheads coming over. The sneakerheads or like. Sure. Me. Name names, but the people <laughs> me. who are out to promote their own business. I mean, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I started with 500 bucks and, you know, a LeBron tops and a, a Charizard and some Pokemon. And, you know, I did the day trading through all of 2020 and all mm-hmm. through nationals of 2021 before I really got to know you guys. Uh, and you guys were like, go, 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 you know, be safe. And, and I kind of transitioned a lot of the brand Ingrams and the some Zion, even though I'm holding some still, you know, and some, some jaw and some of those oh, we're guys. Getting who Zion. Like, don't let, boom, don't, boom. I, I'm not letting Matt yeah, go. That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, and then transition that to, you know, LeBron and uh, Tiger, obviously, you know, and, and, and Russell Wilson, you know, for a while is, is you know, more steady market, more proven guys. The um, GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You should have put up you know, a Muhammad Ali pre-Parkinson's. But, you know, it's certainly gotten really volatile and, and has dipped quite a bit in terms of the day trading. And, you know, that's yeah, sick. there you go. It was it was so easy to move pretty much anything Mm -hmm. uh you know i was doing fire sales on facebook every week and i'm selling you know thousands of dollars worth of cards Uh, and but you know now i've shrunk my inventory quite a bit and gotten you know bigger cards that i think you know have a better value through this you know holiday dip or you know pre-masters hype maybe you know that sort of thing so long better better long-term investments it's like buying apple stock versus buying dogecoin or shiba or whatever else you want to but i feel like that's the move that we all kind of make like we first as soon as we get into it why do we all get into it not you know not because of just the love but it's like i can make a quick quick buck i can flip 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 and then once you start gaining that knowledge about the hobby and what it can do for you long term and you know you start building a base of peers that you know have different ideas then I feel like we all got kind of smarter of, you know, I need to invest in Tiger and Brady and in LeBron and Jordan and Gretzky and, and these guys here and there for, I'm thinking, you know, not mid through the season. I'm thinking, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah. And I can, yeah, but you know, we all, we, we all, I would say we all still have that, that one love, you know, original PC, day one PC, that's not exactly about the money, but it's about the enjoyment and the hobby and the collecting. Like for me, it's, it's Aaron Donald and it's Colorado avalanche players. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's just stuff that like, I don't care. I don't, I don't even care what the value is. You could tell me that a cracked ice Aaron Donald sold for $10,000 and I'm still going to sit on my Aaron Donald cracked ice at $10,000. Like, I just don't care, you know? And I'm sure it's the same way with, with Justin. I'm sure it's the same way with you with boxing and MMA and Alex with Tiger. Like, I, I totally understand it. But I think I'm not saying we're a part of the good side of the hobby. I'm just saying don't get in it just to invest in, and make a buck because those people get weeded out. But enjoy Ten. enjoy the hobby for what it is. Like, we all collect cards for the sake of collecting cards. 
Yeah, and, and I completely agree. Like, you know, I, I saw something, I don't know if it was one of you guys or something on Instagram. It was like, you know, I flip cards to build my PC, right? Like, I mm -hmm. think that's so, like, you know, half of my collection now is, is you know, what I would say is the long-term PC slash investment, you know, and the other half is like, let's flip it over, you know, to to fund that or, you mm -hmm. know, to to keep keep it moving, you know, Plus, if you're somebody like me, I just like getting new stuff in the mail. <laughs> that's so. true. Mail days are nice. It's an yeah. that's an addiction. It's like every time I go out for a race and I'm on the road for like a week, just buy, 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 and I come home. It's just like ah, package day. Then I'm in trouble. So, quick question for Alex: Since you're a Tiger Woods PC guy. I finally invested in uh, 2001 uh, Tiger Woods number one. What are you seeing, especially with the video of Tiger hitting the ball again? How are you seeing that market? Do you feel like it's going to slowly come up as soon as he gets back into the course? Is it going to be, you know, Tiger Storm all over again, kind of like when we saw that first bump a couple months ago? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but when he got in that car accident, you know, his stuff like tripled like overnight, like BGS mm -hmm. 10 number ones were going for like two grand. Um, and you know, now they're down to what? Six, 700. Yeah. BGS 10. Um, you know, I think with his market, I, I'm, I'm betting on being undervalued in terms of the goat conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think he's the most undervalued goat. Um, you know, I was listening, you know, I don't know what it was, the radio or something the other day, and they were talking, you know, Tiger Woods could potentially be the, you know, most influential athlete like ever, you know, and he's popular worldwide. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's more so of what I'm, what I'm betting on is, is people realizing, Hey, you know, there's this guy who's, you know, in my opinion, the most dominant athlete to ever play a sport in terms of just pure dominance over the competition. Um, you know, Hey, and he changed the game of golf and he changed, you know, culture and, and all sorts of, you know, stuff kind of like MJ did with his shoes and LeBron's doing and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, but I, I do think that as, as he nears a return, you know, I was so happy to see that swing video one, because I enjoy watching him play golf, but two, it was like, okay, Hey, you know, my gut is telling me he's going to come back or at least, you know, give it a go. And, and I think the hype building up to that can certainly see a, a jump um and man if he gets in contention or he somehow figures out a way to win and get number 83 i mean i think i think it's gonna be it's gonna be just like it did after he got in the car accident so 83 is most all time yeah yep so People forget that know. well he's one one away mm -hmm. from having the most wins ever yep it's tied right now so yep. one win so how do you feel like the golf market in general, because not just, you know, Tiger, are you seeing or do you feel that, you know, as Tiger gets back onto the course, does that help everybody's st stuff? Maybe DeChambeau, maybe, you know, because yeah. even I'm, I'm getting more into it, especially I opened a box of uh, 2021 OPG Hockey Platinum. And you know what? That was a that was a fun damn rip just to open up a hobby box and just see some different stuff. And now I'm searching for like, you know, O2 upper deck golf and, you know, SP authentic golf, you know, something different that's enjoyable. And, you know, you might pull a, a 
what did I see? Like a Jack Nicholas, you know, uh, tournament worn patch hat auto or something like that. Like, you know, something that's different, but still, you know, to true collectors seems to be, you know, great. You think that market is going to continue to start moving forward as, you know, the Tiger train might get back on the track. Yeah, I, I'm with Neil. I think 100%. I mean, you know, they say about moving the needle. I mean, Tiger is kind of the needle in golf, right? You know, viewership kind of speaks for itself. Uh, and Andrew speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, do you just remember how hectic it was when he won the Masters in 2019? I mean, that was that was something, you know, incredible. Um, and, you know, his, his swing video got, you know, 8 million views on social media within, you know, a couple hours. You know, and, and it's like when he's back and people you know the casual fans watching you know you may get a casual fan you know see phil mickelson and want his sp authentic rookie auto or you know a guy who i think has stupid potential is colin morikawa just based on you know his similarities in, in game to to the elite players um and uh, you know uh, I, I think tiger being relevant and playing and you know if he's in contention is going to just you know create the the interest um, for sure. Plus, it's a global game, and I mean, gosh, you know, I'm surprised it doesn't have a, a stronger market um, as it is because I mean, people around the world play it, you know, and anybody can pretty much play golf. And so, you know, I'm surprised that the interest isn't there. But you know, it's obviously not as big of a sport as as kind of the big three or four. So, it's what all it's what all us retired athletes do once we. That's right. Once the sport retires us, we all go and take up. But it, it it does have the it does have the you know the global game. It's like an F one product. You know, no one was thinking F one cards until, you know, people started watching the Netflix series, and bam, now hobby boxes jump up eight hundred dollars. So you know, it it could catch up something like that. You know, the Jordan documentary, what it did for Jordan cards. You know, this the uh, the Williams sisters the tennis documentary or the movie that's coming out with will smith what that's going to start doing to those net pro 2003 cards i sold two of those today like you know just sometimes you know either it'd be a social media video a documentary a netflix series something that pushes that market into you know common people's visions even though i've been watching f1 for years and now it seems like everybody i know watches f1 I mean, I'm in professional racing for my life. That's what I do. And it's just like, how are you just now figuring about this? And so, no, I, I think that it's, I think good, exciting things for golf. And, you know, you know, like you said, Neil, we're retired athletes who, who try to play golf. That's why you should support it's the one sport. You can never win. That's true. That's you can't true. ever beat it. Nope. No, no. No. You know, I, I volunteer assistant golf at, at a Division three college, um, and and I do it just because I really like it and like being around the game. But man, it's a it's a it's a tough sport and it's a grind. But you know, I think it's got that draw. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. Hey, Alex, so, I have a question for you in terms of golf. Uh, I'm just curious. Do you think golfers do a good enough job of? Uh, promoting themselves uh for example right the ufc's had a big come up since quarantine uh the covington uzman fight right like there's a lot of drama stirred to sell fights and stuff i just don't see much about golfers in terms of personal branding you know being in the media 
is that happening and I'm just not realizing it? Or is that something the sport needs to do to attract attention of younger viewers? I, I might have what? a different opinion than Alex here, but I'll let Alex Yeah. Go. So, you know, uh, I think they're trying. Uh, you know, they, they introduce that, um, that PIP you know, bonus for like social media activity and, you know, popularity and, and, and you know, like that, because they're trying to grow uh, the popularity. And, you know, this, the beef be between Bryson DeChambeau and, and Brooks Kepka, you know, tried to kind of give it that, you know, competitive nature. And it was in the headlines for, you know, a few weeks. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's hard, you know, when everybody compares themselves to, to tiger right and what he was doing he was in nike's commercials and he was always out there and, and being so popular um and you know no one has had that kind of draw since you know rory has been in some commercials and you know has that kind of uh, a little bit of that draw um but you know i don't know what it is if it's you know the pga tour restricting it but it just doesn't somehow get that I don't know. I don't, and I don't know if it's because it's a, not a contact sport, you know, like UFC where you can talk trash and then go out there, you know, bust the other person's face in and that makes it more exciting. You know, uh, I don't know. I'd be curious to what Neil has to say. I will say, yes, I think the PGA does a not great job at marketing their athletes, but I will say they do also don't have the athletes aren't, the kind of people who would put themselves in that position to, to draw a market. So like Tiger, Tiger did that then, you know, Tiger had all his commercials and whatnot, but Rory came along, Tiger and Rory commercials came out. And then you have that kind of beef going, not necessarily true beef, but it was more or less just trying to create a competition, which was great because it, it helped golf move along and maybe transition out of Tiger into Rory. And then Rory kind of had a hiccup. I think the problem right now with golfers is other than Bryson and, and Brooks, all of them are friends. So it's very, they, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're very like friendly towards each other and they always support each other. So it's hard to really create a competitive spirit other than like the Ryder Cup where you have nations competing against each other. You usually don't see that. You usually just see they're all supporting each other and the best player goes out there and wins. Cause it's you against the course. It's not you against, you know, someone else. It's not match play. So maybe, maybe more match play needs to be involved. I don't know. Maybe that's a thought. Yeah. I think match um, play draws out the best emotions and yeah. players for sure. But I think, I think the players themselves are too kind of buddy, buddy, if you will. And tiger was probably the one guy who was like, um, no, we're just not going to be friends. Like I'm just going to literally like score better than you and make you just like rethink your entire life but after I, you played with me. I think the PGA really dropped the ball this year, especially with the, the Bryson Brooksy controversy because yeah. Bry Bryson's Bryson. the guy, Bryson's the guy who you love, but you also love to hate the reason being, you know, he's the crushing, crushing, you know, nine uh, protein shakes a day on the course. You know, he's trying to science the shit out of everything. And then he makes, you know, he's making shots and not by making shots. He's basically cutting the course saying, I'm going to hit from the tee box across the water, not how it's supposed to be played, but try to make it over there. Hits it into the bunkers and go, well, 
these are the three worst bunkers on the entire tour. And it's, what is it, Jack Nicholas's course? So there's your controversy built in right there where even Jim Rome is talking about it on national media. If you're the PGA Tour, capitalize on that. Throwing fans out for Channing Brooksy when he walks by is a terrible idea. Bring back the mashed potatoes. Build that rivalry. You kind of want almost a happy Gilmore versus Shooter McGavin <laughs> type scenario. Yes. If you want the casual fan like that, you need to have a damn rock concert. Not It's not golf. You need guys like Shooter and you need guys like Happy. Bring in the giant ugly ogre and have him stand in the middle of fairway. Like, <laughs> Bring him on. Yeah. Uh, they need – I mean, they – it's hard because it's it, right now. I think it's so stuck between the the traditionalist, you know, gentleman's game, and and you know, then these you know people like us who have ideas that would just, you know, put traditionalists in, in shambles. Well, do you um, think that might be also the same reason why baseball is kind of losing its luster? Yep. Because they they stuck with the traditionalists and, yep. and minimize viewership sucks compared to what it what used to be. Yeah, and minimize kind of the showboating and you know keep the old time attention you know we can't throw it you know you can't celebrate home runs and you can't you know showboat at all and then i think you know the guys like tatis and acuna and stuff that's what draws the casual fans in mm -hmm. because they're so polarizing yep oh, i deal with i deal with it every day in professional drag racing like the old heads from the 50s and 60s and 70s wanted to be like it was back in the day well guess what it's 2021 i work there and i don't want to stand out there all day in the hot sun watching these two cars go down there in less than four seconds. Like you want to make some stuff exciting. Listen to us who are, you know, the newer generation. We're not going to take your drag racing sport and do away with it, but we're going to make it better. Trust me. Yeah. Jack. All right. Big question for Justin right now, because I've already mentioned, I've already commented on his Instagram about this. John Jones, the next greatest heavyweight champion of all time. What say you? Oh man. John Jones. Yeah. It's just gotta. I'm just waiting for a fight announced at this point, Caleb. It's it's countless tweets. It's countless. You know, he's he's doing like that grappling uh, challenge I saw. I'm not super familiar with, um, but it's just getting to the point, right? So in the the winter, it's gonna be two years since he fought. Mm -hmm. um, his last two fights, he's looked shaky. So and got we're kicked out of the his gym. Yep, got kicked out of his gym. Found a new gym. Um, he's training. John like, Jones is be, the gym. Don't yeah. let that fool you. <laughs> right. The the one thing I will say is he looks a lot doughier than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, compared to, I mean, you're looking at the other, you know, heavyweights like Nganu and such. And uh, is is John really going to be able to, you know, grapple and, and do the things he did effectively at light heavyweight against these guys that are much, much, much stronger? So I love John Jones. I believe in him, but. It's getting to the point where I think there needs to be a target date. There needs to be a fight. We got to see an action. You know, I think John, uh, his striking wise, he should be able to pick apart most guys in the heavyweight division. He'll still be able to move fast, even though he's putting on a bunch of weight. And I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like he's, you know, he was. He didn't. Didn't he used to walk around at like two thirty, but a fit two thirty before he would cut down for his two hundred five. Yeah, because look at it. He look at his family. You know, he's he's six Arthur, five and like three quarters. Arthur's mm -hmm. ginormous. Arthur's three hundred plus pounds. Yep. Chandler's ginormous. Obviously, it's put on, but you know, he's doughy because he's not in a cycle. 
And I know that every professional fighter, every professional athlete cycles. Yep. So whether he's on D ball, whether he's on, you mm-hmm. know, storms, whatever, he'll he'll cycle right before the fight and then he'll get shreddy whopped. But you know, it, it's a lot to move up from what is it? He wanted to walk around at like 260. Like <laughs> that takes well, I mean he could fight at 230. He could. And I mean Crow Cop used to fight at 219, yeah. 220 at the heavyweight. Look, I mean, Cormier, think about it. Cormier went up to heavyweight and gave a run. You don't well, think he, John Jones can make go up to heavyweight and give it a run? And he's a lot better striker. Um, I still, he'll be able to out wrestle everything. The only, you know, I think he runs through Stipe. You know, yep. Stipe's, Stipe's chin's been tested way too much. Yep. Um, and Ganu's a, a kind of a, it's kind of a puzzle because that's the he's like Deontay Wilder. He has the bomb. If he lands the bomb, you're in trouble. But if you weather the storm, such as, uh, you know, Stipe did the first time and take him down or even Derek Lewis yep. and stalemate him, you know, you could probably pick him apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't see very many contenders in the heavyweight division that would be able to stop John and think about, you know, John's I, a very smart fighter too. I think oh, people for sure. forget to forget, forget that part is he's very, very technical. He sticks mm-hmm. to his game plan and that's why he wins. He's but, very methodical. But now him getting kicked out of Winkle John or out of Jackson wink, that does kind of scare me um, because, you know, putting those game plans together is a, you know, Mike Winkle, John Jackson yeah. camp. Now he's at Figueroa's gym now, so I don't know. You'll see. If John Jones is focused, John Jones is the best of all time, and it's a good time to start investing in some John Jones cards. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's kind of the thing is you know looking at the UFC and what's considered like a a nice card, right? There's not a ton of UFC product out there. Um, you know, this year was kind of the inaugural Prism year, the Drop Select. Uh, Chronicles kind of helped, uh, you know, get a bunch of product out there. But prior to that, there's a lot of top paper products. There's a lot of sticker autos. Uh, nothing is there's hard, there, there's a few things that are like technically fight worn. Most of it's fighter material, you know, worn like a player worn type equivalent. Um, so that's kind of what I think is once a fight gets announced with John, um, all it takes is you know, 500 people to go onto eBay and look up some stuff. Um, there's really not a ton of stuff out there, um, especially like his rookies and some of that other stuff. Pretty short printed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with I think Anana, uh, Amanda Nunez fights this weekend, and I was able to pick up. Uh, you know, when the UFC first did that Prism run, I was able to get a out of ninety nine orange, and I think I got it pretty cheap. I think I got it for you know fifty sixty bucks. So it'd be interesting to see pre fight what kind of numbers those do because you know she's the greatest woman's fighter probably of all time with the most power. I think she could knock out most people in, in the welterweight division. Um, so that would be interesting. But the other interesting part is seeing how invested Panini is going with the UFC in the next couple of years. Like you're going to see so a lot of UFC products, you know, getting pumped out by Panini. And obviously, you know, with the licenses going away from the big three, let's say, um hockey obviously still with upper deck hasn't wavered yet 
But Upper Deck signed a contract extension with with hockey. All right, that's good. So Upper Deck staying with hockey, but I feel like Panini's shifting their focus towards the UFC. So you're we're gonna see because I saw Immaculate's coming out or already has come out. So stuff like that, are we going to see UFC flawless? Are we going to see UFC national treasures? Like, Do you think they're expanding that because they've lost the contracts for everything else? Yes. Hmm. Yes. So maybe this is their only way of trying to recoup what they've lost. Well, what did we say? What did we say when that when it first came out? When we said Panini's going to start just dumping products out there because they're going to have to make they want to make as much money as they can before they're out of the game. Yeah, I think is it next year or 2023 when uh, fanatics can start doing their, they can start releasing product that is not, um, licensed, licensed, but that it can be their trial run products. Mm-hmm. Essentially, get some feelers out there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I think UFC or uh, Panini tries to get you know a UFC. They got the UFC license. Try to think of maybe some other things if they could get, and it'd be hard because Leaf is pretty good with that. You know what's popular right right now? Fighting. People love people getting punched in the face, whether it be boxing, whether it be the UFC. Um, if you can get those two licenses, boxing is a little bit harder. Um, there's a money maker for a good set of fans. Um, F1 is still going to be big, but it's still going to be tops. I think it's crazy yeah. the 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 impact that Panini has though is. If you look at some like the you know the the UFC cards, right? Like I was kind of looking at just just randomly came up on my eBay. There's a TJ Dillashaw uh, red ink auto from Tops. Uh, it's out of fifteen. It's like nine hundred or best offer. And then I looked at some like the the Prism Dillashaws that were selling. There's a non-numbered white sparkle for like two hundred. You know, just some of the, if you compare some of the rookies and like the true iconic cards of that player to just what the most recent prism is, mm-hmm. a lot of times from an investment standpoint, there's quite the gap. And you see a lot of just the prism hype beasts or people that come Absolutely. from other sports and are familiar with it, just transitioning their money over. Absolutely. I will say, say people have enjoyed national treasures and like flawless baseball, even though it's an unlicensed product. Mm-hmm. I think Panini's done, or what I've heard, I don't do baseball, but what I've heard is they're pretty good at making those products and making those products at an affordable price, but also getting the autos and patches and things that mm-hmm. make it better and make it more appealing. So if they can stick with that and use that kind of material to create like fight-worn um, autos, patch autos, or something like that maybe maybe that's how you get into the market and you set your set a standard because you you, you got to find a niche and if people really want the true rookie or true rookies and rookie autos then what's the next best thing maybe fight worn patch autos you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like tom brady everybody wants a tom brady rookie well, but if they can't have that they want the patch auto right or a an auto so I don't know. There's, I think there's a market to be had there. How it plays out, I'm not sure. We'll see. I mean, there's the time will tell. It's just like there's one card on on my slabs that I look at all the time. 
Crow Cop's my favorite fighter, but it's a Japanese card from Pride, and it's I think it's a PSA nine. I want like seven fifty for it. I'm just like, oh, that's a PC card. Do I really want to spend my money into it? Sounds like you got to sell another Braun BGS ten silver to get that one, right? Mm, you better pull one for me. Um, can't find product. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of that game, thank God. Yeah, um, hey, but we adapt. We adapt. So let's go around, you know, like one more question for everybody. Um, if there's one car that you're searching for that would be on your either PC list or want to get list that you might be making moves for right now, what is it? Mine, and Neil knows this, I'm moving things to get a 79 Wayne Gretzky OPG. So that's my next card on my checklist that I want. I got my Tiger rookie. I got my Ric Flair rookie. I'm going... Gretzky hockey now, and then we'll start moving into the basketballs because that's going to take a longer time, and especially with a child on the way. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be broke as shit for a while. So, <laughs> so Neil, what are you moving towards next? Um. Well, I'll share this. I I haven't posted it yet, but I wait. You, yeah, you're supposed to tell us a story about some guy coming to your house to give you cash. Or was it the refractor I bought? You didn't tell me. You said you were going to tell it this next podcast about somebody driving from Nashville. Oh, yeah. So last <laughs> week I bought a uh, – someone – I messaged a guy on Facebook. He posted it a while back. I talked to you and – I talked to Justin and Alex about this. Some guy bought – or some guy sold me a Topps Chrome Curry refractor. He drove to my town. He drove to Columbus from Nashville, sold me the card. Mm. So we're gonna get it regraded. It was a PSA seven, but I think it was undergraded. I think we'll we'll try and figure out a way to bump it, and then um, yeah, hold cool. on to some Curry. Curry looks like a an MVP candidate, and that team looks like a a, a champion right now. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was that. That's the quick story. But I just picked these up, and these are Aaron Donald Gold Explosive. So this one's out of ten. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald doesn't have a lot of cards, so PC cards are hard to come by. And then this one came in the mail on Saturday. This is the green. I don't know if you can see it really well, but it's out of oh yeah, it's a one one. So I got the explosive rainbow, which was the case hit from Absolute this year. I'm still trying to find a gold kaboom. That's probably my number one on my list, but. Um, I picked up some curries and, uh, I'm trying to, you know, move some things, um, to try and, um, get some more Tom Brady stuff. I think Brady is a safe investment, but I think I've come to appreciate a little bit more of his true goathood and how good he is comparatively mm-hmm. to the rest of the market. I, I got a few things, so. Cool. Those are probably the two ones. Oh, here's another thing. I finally picked one up. Marshawn Lynch, game Ooh. use patch auto. Nice. That'll get posted here soon. Nice. There, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Alex, what, what are you looking for? That. Oh, man, what am I looking for? I'd like to get a nice LeBron uh, game used auto at some point. Um, just, you know, on card auto, just, just to have, since he's, you know, one of my favorite athletes. And I think long-term that's a rock solid card. Um, 
you know, a card that I've always wanted since he was a rookie was a Russell Wilson true uh, NTRPA. Um, so, and, you know, national treasures, you know, true. And I think, you know, it might be the, the time it come this off season or something. Cause right now he's, he's pretty cheap and, and the way he's playing right now is, isn't great. So it could just keep, keep falling, but those are so hard to come by. And, you know, I'm in a Seahawks group on Facebook and those guys just gobble up every Russ. I mean, there are guys with, you know, in some, in some insane Russ collections. And it's like, well, no wonder why they're never available. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'm always going to go after tiger rookie autos if I can find them for, for a good price or a good trade. So those are kind of the, the three things that, that I'm going for. Certainly not Zion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're still getting to that. We'll wait till the end. <laughs> All right, Jess, what are you going after? Yeah. Uh, as these guys probably know, I, I've been really wanting to get a nice Dwayne Wade. Uh, fringe top 20 player of all time. You know, he's got the three NBA championships, the finals MVP, 13-time uh, all-star, so longevity, uh, pretty progressive, positive influence in the media, um, other than his dunk contest judging. But um, anyway, his stuff's pretty cheap. Uh, I was looking at like a Topps contemporary, uh, you know, the LeBron kind of fadeaway, the shiny one, the Dwayne Wade version. It was red out of 225. Uh, there's a raw copy that sold for $143. So I just think there's a, it's, it, it was selling for like 500 at the beginning of the year. So it seems like for some reason, D-Wade got hit pretty hard in this recent dip. Um, and obviously anytime LeBron stuff documentaries come out, he's going to be tied to that. So I'm looking at anywhere from that up to like maybe an exquisite, uh, you know, RPA, just depending on trades and what's available. Um, lower end stuff. I'm just looking to get more into the UFC. Um, Amanda Nunes is obviously on my mind. I just, maybe Caleb, you'd have a better opinion on this, but I'm in this kind of little UFC group that just formed. I'll actually send you the invite if you're interested, just a group chat on Instagram. And we had a decent debate today just about is Nunes's fight style and competition level, you know, is she too good? to be collectible versus like Thug Rose, who's very likable, grits her way through. Um, Cause if you look at the values between the two, uh, Thug Rose actually outsells her in some things. Mm-hmm. So just, just trying to understand that market, make sure I'm focused on the goats uh, and some of the lower end stuff like Amanda, like, you know, John Jones, of course, maybe get like a nice Daniel Cormier. I, I really like him. I do think Amanda is Probably she's good right now because there's the lack of women uh, that fight her style. The only one you could compare it to is Cyborg, and obviously she's in a different company now. But there's a couple girls that I think in the next couple years are going to, maybe even sooner than that, might make the transition um, over. One fights for PFL, and the other I think is Carissa, uh, Carissa Shields. You know, Carissa Shields is a former Olympic boxing champion. And I think go toe-to-toe with Amanda, uh, it would be pretty interesting. And then the other is a white girl from PFL. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but I believe she's a judo uh, judo Olympic champion also. Um, you know, it's the same thing with, like, Ronda Rousey. It just takes that one kick, that one punch, especially in four-ounce gloves, um, to change the outcome of anything. Now, I think 
Rose is uh, that division is so jumbled up because of Wei Li Rose. There's just so many people that the the belt could change hands to. So there's no, you know, George St. Pierre. There's no, you know, Kamaro Usman. That's a debate for the other time. Craig was all on me about the Kamaro Usman versus George St. Pierre. Who's the greatest of all time. It's GSP. It's GSP. A hundred percent. GSP would lay on top of him and stick his wiener all over his face for five rounds. Yes. Thank you, Caleb. So she's a free agent now. Kayla Harrison. Um, she fights at 155, but I'm I'm sure if the money's right, she'll get down. She's a big old girl. But if the money's right, you'll cut that weight. So Kayla Harrison's the girl that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, um, the UFC. Uh, I think the UFC market's coming up. I'm going to be heavily into Amanda Nunes. I was on that uh, Yair guy. Uh, starts with Last name starts with a P, but he's fighting soon, but he's too weird, I think. <laughs> he's got a he's got an opportunity to get freaking jaw jacked. Um, but Neil, I'll let you finish uh, your Zion questions. So go ahead, go off on Zion and your 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 KFC three hundred pound looking like Booger McFarland boy. Booger might be less. He might weigh less than Zion. I'm just putting that out there. My my question is how like what a time to pull Zion right now when he's three hundred pounds probably eats way too many cheeseburgers, does nothing but sit on his in, at home naked on a beanbag eating Cheetos, and someone pulls the the Zion logo man. And it was in China. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, those guys, I mean, it, it, believe it or not, the Eastern Asian countries, basketball's huge. Like, I've it, sold... I've sold few. I've sold a lot of cards to like Australia, mm-hmm. the Philippines, um, China, Japan. Just it's a huge market over there, and I think it's an untapped market. Um, definitely an untapped market that I think could potentially help. Um, um, just kind of diversify and maybe kind of grow a little bit mm-hmm. um, from a maturation standpoint in basketball. But nonetheless, Zion, <laughs> Alex. You love Zion. I hate Zion. I love Zion when 2019 because Zion was an overhyped clown and I loved making money off of him. Mm. Now LeBron looks more like an overpaid clown, but you know, we won't get into that debate. Sometimes he gets Pacer fans ejected from the game. Yeah, I will say what they said though was kind of it was wrong. You've said a lot worse. You've sat next to me at Colts games. I I have. I, I have, but I also didn't say that to LeBron's face. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I have some nice Zion. I mean, I have a Prism Silver PSA 10 and an Opticalo PSA 10 and, you know, Silver Mosaic PSA 10, I think, and uh, another another one. So, I, you know, I'm in fairly deep on some nice Zion and, and you know, it sucks because, you, I mean, when you watch him play, he's really – really good um but i uh, you know the concerns of wade and injuries got a you know coming out of college are, are coming to fruition early in his career which you know doesn't help from from this market especially how volatile like you guys have said you know it is now um you know it's hard to be mobile when you're you, know, you have a knee injury you know in it hopefully you know he he learns that hey i should probably you know diet when i'm uh, you know, have a more strict diet when I'm, when I'm not working out all the time, 
um, you know, I don't know what it is and I don't want to really speculate on what it is, you know, other than probably not working out and, and having a, a poor diet. Um, but uh, I see the potentials there. I mean, all, you know, all-star starter in, in year two, um, you know, uh, one of the mo- more polarizing athletes, you know, to come out uh, in a long time in terms of, you know, hype and on sports center every day. And, you know, if he, you know, if he did anything in the game, you know, it's getting shown. And so, you know, that's kind of the, the potential that I saw, uh, and, and, but, you know, looking at the numbers too, it's, it's domination. And, you know, if he gets unhappy and goes somewhere else, you know, to a bigger market too, I think I could, could see a nice, a nice spike there, uh, especially if he starts to win some games. Yeah. He's got to get that weight down. I just, if I'm just going to be nice and play nice for a moment, he needs to get his weight down. He needs to play at like 265. And he's got to do something a little bit more productive than playing around the basket at six six. He's got to he's got to maybe take it up the court and play point a little bit, maybe develop a little bit of some some more like I don't know point guard attributes. Just yeah, because and I, in today's NBA, that's going to be, work better. Um, yeah, and, and I know he's they, a freak athlete, but yeah, I just they started to do that last year with him. Right. Yeah. Like he was taking the ball up a little bit, um, you know, in the last month or so he was, you know, attempting more jumpers, you know, and he kind of had this, you know, there's a few highlights out there of this kind of turnaround, you know, jumper that he was hitting at a fairly decent clip at the end of last year. And, you know, maybe since he hasn't been able to run, we can hope that maybe he's been shooting a lot. Right. And you've seen guys come in the league with not a, you know, great jumper and then develop a decent one. I mean, you know, uh, I would say LeBron's one of those guys, right? Who, when he came in, was really just athletic around the, you know, drove for the basket. And, you know, now, gosh, you watch him, you know, the Pacers game, the guy's sitting step back, you know, 35 footers. You know, you didn't, you wouldn't see that in, in the, those early years. So, you know, uh, but I do think you think, still time. do you think Zion will succeed if he doesn't have his bounce? No, at, this stage in his career, I would say no, because yeah, he plays I'm, I'm, he I'm, plays I'm, the bully ball. I think that's the biggest part of Zion being six six is his bounce is what carries him. So once the bounce goes, or you have too many knee injuries, or ankle injuries, or foot injuries, you're just you, you're not going to have that bounce anymore. Yep, you're not able yeah, to do you know. that. Then you're not going to be as dominant in what you should be the most dominant at. If if Charles Barkley is worried, and Charles Barkley came out and said that on NBA Tonight, you know, coming from a guy who had a weight problem, like if he's having a weight problem and lower body injuries already in his career, like he's just a he's a big injury waiting to happen. And I think the other other thing that kind of helps Zion collecting wise is the twenty thousand PSA ten stat that came <laughs> yeah. up. That's tough. Good. Thank goodness I don't own any base. Yeah, made a lot of money off base, but they were producing. Don't own they were producing 2020 or 2019 product into like the midway through the season of 2020 and 2020. They're still doing the same for this Lamelo. Yeah, I know it's. If I only never opened up all that product that I bought, and I would have just like kept it in the corner. Oh yeah, I know. We all we all would have been having. We would have been meeting up in our private jets somewhere. That's right. Just got to stop opening up product. Just got to stop being greedy. But 
to each his own. All right. So another great podcast. Got to thank, you know, Squint Sports Cards, Justin, Robbie's underscore sports cards, Alex, for coming on. Guys, follow them on Instagram. They're a great follow. Get to see a bunch of top-notch sports cards that are pretty damn awesome. Um, again, thank our sponsors, Slab Savers, protectyourslabs.com. Got to go to gradedship.com for graded card solutions so you can protect your cards when you ship them. Um, sell your cards not on eBay because you don't want to pay 12 or 13% when you sell it because it sucks when you're supposed to get $4,000 and you get like 2500 and you're like, what did I go to the casino? <laughs> go to prospect.cards. So www.prospect.cards. If you use our referral code, which is dream three, you get two months at 0% for your seller's fee. And after that, it goes up no more than two or 5%. So it's really, really cheap. Move your stuff on there. And finally, we talked golf today. We need more golf in our podcast. We will get more golf. Nation Golf Company. That's nationgolfco.com. If you love the golden age of golf, follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Twitter, on Facebook. Great company. We'll try to get Adam Hawk on here sometime. So once again, Alex, Justin, thank you guys for your time. Neil, again, we will uh, we will see everybody next week with another guest we're working on. So until next time, guys, thank you again for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah, hey, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys.